Hello and welcome to another episode of the Handyman Success Podcast. My name is Jason Call, one of your co-hosts. I'm the owner of Handyman Marketing Pros. Uh, we do websites and SEO for handyman and home improvement contractors. I am with our uh, my amazing co-host, Alan Lee, the owner of the Handyman Journey, uh, business coaching for handyman business owners, also the owner of Honestly Handyman Services in Sacramento, where he is the CEO and his business, he just does the business and the marketing and uh, has an awesome handyman business in Sacramento. Um, today, we're joined by Travis with Sue Casa Handyman. Um, we're super excited to have a conversation with Travis. First off, as you guys know, uh, if you've been listening for a while, our mission for the Handyman Success Podcast is to teach and to inspire using the stories of our guests. So we truly hope like our mission is that from these episodes, you will gain something you can apply in your life, in your business to help make it better, to inspire you that um, you can reach your goals. You can have a better future for your personal life, for your business. Um, it's all achievable um, and shown through all the stories of our amazing guests. Um, so without further ado, um, Travis, thanks so much for joining us, man. If you don't mind, uh, give us a little snapshot of uh, who you are, where you're located, and, and a little bit about your your handyman business. Hey, thanks, guys, for having me on here. I'm excited to talk with you. Um, yeah, my business is Sukasa Handyman, and um, I'm based in Taylorsville, Utah, which is a suburb of Salt Lake City. And um, I started about a year and a half ago, and uh, it's it's been a good journey, and I just see it becoming better and better. What prompted you to start your handyman business? Like where were you at before you started? Like what kind of sparked this whole um, initiative to start your handyman business? I started out in construction, like my senior year in high school. Um, I just had like a couple classes I had to take to graduate. And so I went to school in the morning and then I started framing houses in the afternoon um, that kind of led into other construction jobs and also to me thinking a lot about getting out of construction because it was a, you know, it's a kind of a rough business to be in. And I tried a bunch of different things, tried a bunch of different jobs, um, kept ending up back in construction. And then, um, when the, the great recession came in 2008, nine, I ended up uh, going back to school to get a second associate's degree, um, got a job doing uh, water monitoring, actually, for the U.S. Geological Survey. And, and I did that for about 12 years. Always kind of missed building things and doing things with my hands. Um, I did some of that with that job, but um, it was a great job, but I got burned out. And I kind of like for decades, longer than I really <laughs> want to admit I've had this kind of dream of working for myself, but this um, fear that I might not be able to to handle it uh, mentally. Uh, I might not be able to make the kind of money that I really would need to make to make it worth it. Um, so just living with a lot of fear with, you know, this kind of dream that I was afraid to jump into and finally got burned out enough on my job and had a situation with uh, my partner, Roxana, where we were kind of set up so that I could take some time off, um, figure out where I wanted to go, and ultimately, you know, settled on this this idea of a handyman business that I've had for a really long time. Um, and so that's I I left that job and and uh, I went for it. So awesome. So what about the handyman business were you drawn to as compared to similar like construction trades? Well, for one thing, it's it's um, 
you're not out on like a big job site with a bunch of other stuff going on. Um, I kind of was drawn to doing smaller projects and kind of originally, well, mostly have thought about something that I could do where it's just me. I could be a solo operator. Um, and, and then, and so it's just kind of like, um, it seems like a, a good marriage of like my skills and kind of how I wanted to, to go about being self-employed. Um, you don't have, you know, a foreman that's like yelling at you all the time. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of that in construction where it's kind of brutal. Uh, the learning process can, can be rough. So, um, the, the smaller jobs and the, the being not being on a big stressful job site, um, while still being able to build things and do things with tools and with my hands was, was appealing to me. So that's awesome. awesome. And what type of work do you generally do as a handyman? Like, do you, cause I know that the laws vary in different States, you know, where you, you can only do this much or you can only do that much. Like, do you do, cause there's some people that define themselves as handyman that do big remodels. Some people just do like ceiling fans and stuff. What, where do you kind of fall in that, in that range? Yeah, I so um yeah, in Utah we do have limitations on a handyman. Um you get what's called an exemption. There's a dollar limit. There's, you know, you can't do structural work and stuff like that. And um so I I started out with that handyman exemption. Um quickly saw that, you know, I get a lot of requests for jobs that that take several days and quickly exceed that dollar limit. And so I actually got my general contractor's license last year. But I still want to focus on the small jobs from, you know, like, I, I can't do electrical or plumbing, but like little things, assembling furniture up to kind of smaller remodeling jobs um, that take a few days, you know, maybe a week is like my longest project. Um, and kind of that stuff that's a little too small for a lot of general contractors, but maybe a little too big. If I, if I just had my uh, handyman exemption and that dollar limit. So that's awesome. One, one thing I, I love to ask coaching clients is what separates you? What do you feel separates you from other handymen in, uh, in and around Salt Lake city, Utah? Like, what would you say, why would a customer call Sukasa handyman rather than Joe, Joe, the handyman? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think that, uh, I mean, one thing that sets me apart is I do try to uh, have a high bar of professionalism. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people in our business, especially that are part of our community that, uh, you know, the Facebook uh, group and the, the coaching program and stuff, we all kind of say the same things. But I think it really is true is professionalism, communication, um, being open and honest. Um, and then another thing that I've really kind of embraced in the last few months is making personal connections. And I've joined like some, a networking group and, um, trying to kind of foster making those connections that rather than just trying to like promote myself online, which I am working on that as well, but, um, making those personal connections, I think is, uh, sets me apart. Like, I think, as people get to know me more and more, they're more impressed with how I run my business, what kind of work I do. And so then 
that's kind of leading to more and more people referring me. Um, and it also leads to a lot of uh, just having connections with other business owners and a, like a bigger value that I, I think I've gotten out of making those connections is um, talking to business owners who with more experience and them giving me advice. Like that's been higher value than the referrals that I've been getting. So um that's a really cool really variable awesome. of networking that I've never heard anyone mention, but it is like you, you gain from just being around other business owners and learning from who they've become from their experiences and just the conversations. Um, and then one other thing that I, I always like to hammer on the podcast is what you're doing with networking, um, whether it's a networking group. Um, I'm a huge advocate of Chamber of Commerce membership, uh, networking with your local realtor association. Um, networking, I think, is the most tried and true way to become the local uh, hometown handyman because mm -hmm. anyone that attends these networking events, they're likely involved in the community. They're business owners. They've got deep roots of friends, family, neighbors. So it's just a really great way to get in the heart of the community. So um, I commend you on kind of the, the networking aspect there. Um, one, uh, one, one other thing, too, the professionalism. Uh, just, uh, just something that came to mind too, is every, you're right. Everyone says the same things that set them apart. Right. Uh, but with professionalism, it's doing it at a high level every single time. And that's the difference rather than, you know, the ebb and flow of sometimes people are professional. Sometimes they're not, sometimes they give mm -hmm. a good service, but it's every single time and almost having a process, a process for your professionalism. So I think that was all really good stuff, man. Um, yeah. one, one like kind of more unique variable that I know me and Alan wanted to hit on that uh, we've just been super impressed. Um, uh, like, I'm just kind of happy to see is uh, like, you've kind of uh, in a way, what me and Alan would call going full send <laughs> uh, this year. Um, like, cause, cause last year you, you know, kind of were, you know, word of mouth, um, you know, kind of ebb and flow. It was up, it was down. It was kind of just going with the flow. And then this year you have this very, um, pronounced renewed effort at like, you know, I'm going to give this a full go. I'm going full send, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> I love using that word. Um, so what, what prompted this kind of uh, reinvigoration into your business? Um, I, I guess is my question. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I guess last year I, I did decent, uh, revenue wise, um, was able to take a lot of time off, which is, you know, I value that a lot. Um, but it was really up and down. You know, I had months where I was just slammed all month. And then I had months where I had hardly anything going on. And I just, and kind of also like some personal goals of like where I want to go with, you know, with, with, you know, my work situation and stuff. Um, I realized like I need to do some things to get more consistent um, with my workflow. And so I, I really started kind of embracing some ideas that I was shunning a little bit, you know, one of them being like online marketing. Um, I kind of had a website set up that I had started to build myself and never really got anywhere with it and ended up with the Google business site finally realized, you know, if I'm going to make this more of a, a steady stream of consistent income and providing value to people, then I need to get more serious about um, how I'm 
how I'm going about that. And so um, that led me to kind of look more into the Handyman Academy, which has led me into embracing a lot of the things that I thought, you know, oh, I'm I'm just going to go for word of mouth. I'm not going to try to, you know, market myself too much. Um, I, I've, I've seen where that's really going to help with my goals of becoming more consistent, being able to kind of set some, some income goals. Uh, so just kind of, you know, really, like, I really have to give a lot of credit to you guys and, and especially Alan with the handyman journey, um, and your podcast and then the Academy. It's really like, I've started to really embrace these ideas that I'm learning about and go deeper into them and work harder at um, implementing them. So, um, and, and it's a lot of work to kind of go through that. Like I've even December and January where I didn't really have a lot of work coming in, but I was doing a lot of background work to kind of set myself up for a smoother year this year. And, um, you know, I, and I, I know that even though now I'm, you know, getting up early, working, going to a job, coming home, working into the evening, like all this work is going to eventually shift me into a, a place where I'm set up better to be more efficient and, um, and just enjoy running the business more. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's one thing that stood out. I know when we had like our onboarding call for the Academy is, um, you know, you were saying that even though things were slower, like you were still plugging away and doing the things that you know you needed to do to eventually like build the thing that you wanted to build so that things would run a lot smoother this year. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. You know, I love, you know, I'm reading the book right now, Atomic Habits. And, you know, it talks about this uh, this graph of how we think success should be. And oftentimes it's like a straight line, right? We start from zero, we do the things we're supposed to do, and it's a straight incline. But in reality, it's more of like an arc. And the space between the arc and the straight incline of where we think we should be is called the valley of despair. And that's where a lot of people get stuck is in the valley of despair because they're like, I feel like I should be further along than I am. And so therefore they stop doing the things that are that they need to do to be successful and they end up in the same vicious cycle. So I think I, I want to, you know, congratulate you or commend you for that is that it's great that even when, you know, things don't look like the way that they should, you keep implementing the strategies that you that you know you should to get the desired outcome that you want to get. So I think that's pretty awesome. I think that's one thing that stood out, you know, to me about you. And that's one of the reasons why you're on this podcast. So uh, that's that's pretty fantastic that that you kind of have that mindset. I think that that really you know takes us into a lot of a lot of places that we need to go. Uh, one question that I I kind of picked out here, Travis, is you mentioned like personal goals, and it se- it seems like you kind of got honest with yourself about goals that you had and actually making change to achieve them. Um, do you mind sharing some of like the goals that were? that you kind of faced with and you're like, you know, to meet these goals, I need to kind of take this more seriously and taking more action. If you don't mind kind of just talking about that side of it. And if I'm totally wrong in that, just it's a total, it's fine. When I started my business, I kind of, you know, I knew enough to go through the kind of figuring out like my personal income needs, uh, figuring out business ex- expenses and, and all that stuff to get my pricing um, to kind of start off in a decent place there. And, um, 
that that worked well and for this year coming up i've kind of i've set my personal income um goals uh quite a bit higher because i see how much work that we have to do as business owners and i feel like you know to reach i mean i've always had this kind of goal of wanting to retire early um and kind of gotten into the financial independence retire early community pretty deeply over the last several years and uh i'm i'm still a long ways off from that goal but you know that was one of the things when i started my business it was like okay like i can kind of do i can set it up however i want to to kind of achieve that goal and so you know that's this year i'm i'm really hoping to kind of incorporate that more into the business instead of making a living it's like setting myself up for a better future um and so yeah i've set my my revenue goals higher um i've set kind of loosely set the goal of embracing hiring people to help me out and building a business that will let me reach those these personal financial goals as well as just being able to help more people with my business by doing work for them and making their homes better. So um, I really want to kind of smooth out those ups and downs and, and get things more consistent. Um, so what, what, uh, if you don't mind sharing what, uh, what revenue goal do you have for, for this upcoming year? So I, so last year um, I had uh I, my gross profit was 109,000 um and my net profit was 73,000 um this year i'm shooting for 200,000 gross profit um and you know hoping to pay myself a, a good chunk of that so um which is is that revenue goal when i started it seemed almost like that's that's out of you know kind of out of reach for a solo operator um but i've you know i've seen it on the uh the facebook group you know people hit those numbers i've heard people talking about it here on the podcast um and so i you know i know it's possible and i know that i need to kind of get some things in line and uh and so now i you know i think if i where to stay a solo operator i that's that goal is within my reach um and i'm also kind of leaning into this it's like a subconscious push towards growing the business and i you know i don't know how far that will go but i do see myself probably hiring some help um you know like a, a csr kind of admin person um maybe finding a field helper and you know i've i've like and i've talked to alan about this too is like do do these hires really result in uh you being able to to increase the the amount of work you do and the revenue and thinking like kind of being stuck in like oh it's just taking money that i'm making doing the work and paying somebody else to do stuff but it actually will help me to, you know, even a CSR, they're not necessarily going out and doing jobs and bringing in revenue directly. But if I get somebody that can really help me out with that stuff, that lets me put more time in the field, which probably would 
allow me to bring in enough to pay them and also enough to to keep the business running and you know increase my revenue so it's it's like kind of opening up to seeing things from a, a different perspective and a different i guess a different mindset overcoming some of these like preconceived notions and and looking at things a little differently um you know that really helps kind of push me towards my my goals and and see the possibilities yeah yeah i think that's huge and i know that some like like you talked said that we talked about was like hiring a csr right and we we get it's so easy to get in that spot where it's like why would i hire someone to answer the phones because it's just going to take money out of my pocket. Like at the end of the day, I could just pay myself more and answer my own dang phones and I'll be all right. But I think the, the thing that we tend to miss out on is, you know, success is defined in many different ways. A lot of people define success as how much money you bring in. So the more money I can bring in, the more successful I am. But I also, I think it's more important to look at success as a time-based formula. So for me, time is freedom. And you can always make more money. You can't make more time. So if you can hire someone, say, 600 bucks a week or whatever it is, and they give you more time to do whatever you want, whether that's spend time with your family, whether that's time to work more time out in the field and make more money, whatever it is, if they give you more time, it's well worth spending that money on that person because there you're trading money for time rather than your time for money. So in my mind, looking at it from that equation, a different perspective is you're actually gaining more success by hiring someone because they're allowing you to spend that time more wisely on things that actually make a difference in life. Whether And that's whatever it is, whether that's spending more time in the field to make more money or spending more time with your family or spending more time skiing or spending more time playing basketball, whatever it is that you enjoy and brings you you know, fulfillment, that's, uh, it's well worth it. So I think looking at it from that perspective is, um, is something that's, that's massive. And I think a lot of people struggle with because they only see the money aspect of things, you know, so that that's really good. I'm glad you brought that up. One question I'd, I'd actually on this subject that I have for you, Alan, I'd love to hear your thoughts because I've got mine, <laughs> um, is what do you, what is like a realistic revenue, uh, uh, like how much can an owner operator generate by themselves? And obviously it's going to be a range based on the market uh, mm-hmm. and, and the business owner, but what, what kind of ranges do you, like, would you sit out if someone asked you, Hey, Alan, how much can I make in my handyman business as an owner operator, like generate in, in revenue? Mm-hmm. Well, and again, it, it wildly depends on how much you're charging per hour, right? Because you could charge, you know, a hundred bucks per hour and make 800 bucks a day and, make a lot of money, you know, but when some other guys, they might be charging whatever it is, 80 bucks an hour and they're making a little bit less, but by and large, you know, I would say I got to do some math to kind of figure this out. But if you were to charge, say 150 bucks an hour, where I think, I think any, you know, respectable professional handyman can charge definitely at least hundred bucks an hour, you know, um, probably even upwards is 150, maybe 200 bucks an hour, depending on where you're at. So if you charge 150 bucks an hour times six hours, because again, you're not going to be fully, um, you know, fully 100% efficient each day. So that's 900 bucks a day. Multiply that by say 20 days in a month. Um, you know, months range from 20 working days to 22 working days. That's $18,000 in a month. So um, I think that a solo operator could probably make 20 grand in a month. 
so if you did eight, 18, 18 grand in a month, that's times 12, that's $216,000 in gross revenue a year. So that would probably be somewhere around my estimation. Okay. What do you think, Jim? I, I think that that is on the high end of my, like from my, I get this question all the time. So that's why I wanted to kind of dig into it because Travis mentioned mm -hmm. his goal this year and, you know, last year. And also I commend you, man, 109,000 as an owner operator without kind of like any serious like marketing or kind of just really kind of going with the flow, if you will, is really great. Um, so, you know, on your specific note, uh, I think you're certainly on the right track and this, I love this question cause I just get it. And so for me, um, of course it depends on the pricing. And I, I want to also note to any listeners like 150 an hour, it takes time to get there. Uh, yeah. Al, yeah. Alan, you first started charging 50 bucks an hour. Cause you're like, Oh, that's way more than I make <laughs> at the auto shop. Right. Yeah. And then you learn yeah. that that's not how it works. So it is a journey. Like we'll, we'll ask about uh, Travis's pricing journey. Um, so it takes some time, experience, confidence, and a journey to get up to that 150 or a hundred bucks an hour. Right. So any listeners here, that are charging less than a hundred an hour. Totally fine. Um, just have that goal that uh, you can be that valuable. You can be a hundred dollars an hour, 150 an hour. Um, but so the ranges that I typically, when someone asks me this question is, you know, on the lower end, I think that you need to be generating at least 10 grand a month in, in sales. Um, cause there are very mm -hmm. rural areas, um, that, you know, it's way cheaper cost of living. The pricing is going to be way lower. So, you know, maybe that's $75 an hour. That's super premium. They're making a really good profit based on their personal expenses. So the ranges that I have are typically one, like a hundred, 120 on the lower end, and then on the upper end, about that 225, you know, I've seen mm -hmm. people say 250, 300. Whenever I see anything on Facebook with revenue numbers or profit, <laughs> to me, you got to reduce that by anywhere from 25 to 75%. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. so always take those with a grain of salt. But that's realistically from what I've seen, um, what the personal feedback I've heard from people I would trust that aren't really inflating is that 120 to maybe 240 if you wanted a really nice clean mm -hmm. range there um of, as owner operator so anyway that's that's yeah, my thoughts on i that. think i think that's a great range and i like that you brought that in because i was i'm definitely on the high end you're definitely on the low end and i think that's that's a good representation of kind of the range of things and it really depends on you know your mindset your systems your processes because like yeah charging 150 bucks an hour doesn't just you don't just start out charging 150 bucks an hour if you're going to charge 150 bucks an hour you better have the service the systems, the everything that comes with it, um, you know, to match that $150 an hour. And by and large, most people just starting out, even people that are in it for a year or two years don't have that type of systems. They don't have that type of stuff built out. Um, you know, I mean, shoot, probably, you know, when we were four years old in business, we were probably charging 90 bucks an hour. You know, that's that's where we were. And, uh, you know, we've, we've learned a lot, we've grown a lot since then. Now we're up almost up to $200 an hour. Um, so it can, it can vary wildly, but it definitely depends on your overhead, your need and your type of expertise and what you offer for sure. Yeah. Sweet. Sorry, Travis, we didn't mean to hijack the interview. I, I love that. Like I get that question all the time and it was related. So, uh, I appreciate you kind of bearing with us as we you know, think this out loud almost. Uh, yeah, I think it's a lot of, but it's a question our listeners would always have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it really, I mean, it jogged some, some things in my mind that I kind of want to piggyback off of uh, what yeah. both of you guys said. Um, you know, what Alan was saying about the, about time. Um, I, so 
one of the things that uh, that I really value is my personal time. And right now I'm sacrificing it a lot um, because I, I know that the payoff is is going to lead to to better quality of life and personal time in the future. Um, but one of the things that I embraced early on and that I really try to keep in mind and I would advise others that are kind of getting into this business is don't be be careful about the feeling of having to do it all yourself. And I know, you know, I've I've been through it with like my own house, um, with a lot of things in my business. I see customers that I talk to, um, you know, a lot of people in our community, the handyman community talk, you know, they kind of, you pride yourself on doing it all yourself. Like I fix all my own stuff at home. I change <laughs> my own oil, all these things. Um, don't be afraid to, to spend money to get that time back. Um, you know, I, I, right off the bat, I signed up with Marquette because I knew that I have a hard time staying organized and keeping track of stuff. And I knew that that was really going to help and that it was also really going to kind of help me with a professional image. Um, last year I hired a bookkeeper. Um, I was spending a lot of time on my books and still scratching my head. Like, am I doing this right? Is everything accurate? And I've, I feel like I've got a decent handle on it, but just to not have to go through and do that bookkeeping is well worth the money for me. Um, it's just like, don't be afraid to spend money to take things off your plate to help you free up either more personal time or more time to go out and, and actually help customers and earn money because you'll find like a lot of these things that you're like, oh, I'm not paying money for that. I can do that myself. You could take that hour that you would spend doing that plus the three or four hours you take to learn to do it. You could be spending bringing in revenue or you could be playing with your dog or your kids. So um, yeah, just be careful about that, that DIY attitude. It's, it, I mean, it's amazing to be able to DIY stuff, but it's also amazing to be able to kind of set that aside, set your pride aside and, and get people to help. And then on uh, what Jason was talking about, you know, you asked about the the range of of revenue that's realistic for a solo operator. We talked a lot, you, you know, you guys talked a lot about hourly rates and stuff. And I would just like to caution people who are listening, who are, you know, reading the Facebook group and seeing these these prices that people are charging. And don't don't compare yourself. Like know what you need to make, know your expenses, know the income that that you need from your business. And you know, set your pricing so that it works for you and don't, don't get, don't get too caught up in what other people are charging because, you know, comparing yourself to others is, is really bad for your, your mentality and um, <laughs> can, can really set you up for some disappointment and feeling like you're not where you should be when really, if you're paying attention to what you need to do, um, you know, you know, where you, where you should be and you know, if you're on track and uh, so yeah, just uh, just be careful with that, guys. Yeah, that's good. Good insights, man. I I see that one because you know professionally build websites, and so I, I you know I talk with a lot of people that spend dozens of hours, hundreds of hours on their website. <laughs> it's like, oh, if you just spent that time out in the community or marketing directly tied yeah. to sales, um, it's the best cure for when things are down. Is just all your time, your free time should be focused on generating sales if you're struggling with that. 
Um, and, yeah. and like, and like you mentioned too, knowing your own numbers, knowing your price. And that's where, you know, I'll shamelessly plug Alan's pricing handbook on Amazon. It's like 15 bucks. Alan gets maybe a couple pennies because it goes to Bezos. <laughs> so, you know, support Jeff Bezos, uh, go buy Alan's pricing handbook. It'll help you kind of, it'll find, help you get a brain on your pricing and block out all the other noise and Facebook and HomeWise or whatever other resources like you only can find out your price uh, based on your numbers and your life. Um, and the ranges that we talk about are just very common revenue ranges, um, you know, realistic pricing ranges for any professional handyman business that's licensed, insured. You know, they've got some level of expenses, bookkeeping, marketing, whatever that is um, as an owner operator to kind of have your foundation that frees you to do a great job in your business. So um, really good insights there. Thanks for sharing that, Travis. Yeah, definitely. And that's, I mean, on that spending money um, to free up time, like that was one of the things I did recently, right, Jason, is I I finally was like, I need a good website. I've I put hours and hours into trying to build my own on WordPress, never really got anywhere with it, set up the, the Google.business site where I have a picture, uh, you know, a portrait of me on the the top of it and the top of my head is cut off because whatever the photo gets reformatted when you put it in <laughs> so like okay like the like i'm not good at this stuff so i i got somebody that is good and to me it's it's money well spent and i just you know bookkeeper the website all that stuff as i add it i plug it into my spreadsheet where i figure out my pricing and i adjust as needed so um, yeah and that's another thing too is i'm not afraid to like my I change my pricing like frequently um up and down it depends on how much work I have it depends on you know did I just you know I added a new um service of some sort um you know or I'm paying for a service to help me run my business so you know okay I got to put that extra 100 bucks a month into my pricing sheet, look at the price and adjust it. And um, I'm not married to like, this is my rate. This is all it's going to be. It's, it's really kind of fluid. And, uh, and I think that goes for a lot of things in business, in the business is don't be stuck on, uh, on one, one way or one number, like test things out, figure out what works, you know, uh, something fails, you move on, you try something else. So, um, it's uh, it's fun. It's like a big science experiment. You're just keeping <laughs> keep twisting dials and flipping switches and and you know kind of learn what what works and what doesn't for your personal situation. Man, that's huge. That's huge. And I I know that we were talking earlier, Travis, um, about some of like the past demons that you've had to overcome. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that they struggle with kind of mindset issues, right? That's really what it comes down to. And can you share with us maybe some of the the demons that you've overcome, whether it's been kind of mental stuff or um, business related stuff or personal stuff? Like, what are some things that that you found have kind of kept you back in business and and thing and ways that you've overcome them? Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So when I so so I've I've struggled with depression like for a really long time. Um, not you know not the situational kind where something happens uh, but kind of the more persistent just kind of uh um chronic depression and um i've i've put in a lot of work like i've gone to therapy i've 
read a lot of books um, and really worked on that. And uh, one of the things that kind of helped held me back and kind of kept me in that cycle was uh, I've I've really had some uh, struggles with alcohol off and on in my life. And I've, you know, I've gone through periods where I've, I've abstained and like realized, oh, I feel a lot better. I feel a lot more, <laughs> you know, kind of regulated. And then I'll kind of fall back into it. And um, so like last May, I completely quit drinking. Um, and I think, you know, starting up my business, I was in a good place mindset wise and emotionally, like it was exciting and new, but I was, I was still drinking a, a fair amount. And um, what I kind of realized is that that, that was really keeping me even though I had some some excitement in life and stuff that brought me up, eventually you kind of get you you go back down and and alcohol the way it affects your your emotions and your mental health. It, it was really holding me back and and continuing to kind of get me into these ruts. And you know I stopped and it it take it took a while, but you know after a couple months it's like. Oh, I just I feel more energetic. I feel less reactive. Um, it's just, you know, having the having your mental health, and if you have, you know, substance issues or you know other demons, if you work on those and you can get those straightened out and and get in a better place, it really does just kind of make life easier and more enjoyable. And it, I mean, I feel like I've really kind of opened up to the possibilities. Um, I've put a lot more effort into making personal connections with people. Um, it just, it's just really like changed my outlook and the way I handle myself and the way I can manage, you know, emotions and tough times. So, you know, if, if, uh, if you're struggling with that kind of stuff, it's, it's going to make your life so much better if you can kind of work on that. And it, and it takes help. Like you need to have a good support system. Um, you know, I, I've, I've got a lot of great friends and family and, you know, talking about things, being open, like here, this is very vulnerable for me to be talking about mm -hmm. this, but it's, it, it's going to help me personally. And, and I also hope that it's going to help other people. And by doing that, especially like putting yourself aside and helping other people really just like opens up the world and, and just makes it makes everything better. So, um, yeah, I, if, if, if people are out there struggling and sometimes I see it, like I see somebody will, will post something on the Facebook group and it's almost like, like the way they wrote it, even though I'm not talking to them in person, it's like, this person sounds like maybe they're struggling with, you know, some, some kind of depression or something. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I hope that, um, I can kind of help people kind of, you know, mm -hmm. get on track with that stuff. So thanks for sharing so that. What are, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. What, what are some like recommendations that you would have? Like how could someone deal with that or overcome that? Because I think, I think there's a few stigmas that are plaguing men in general is that, we often feel like we have we have to have this ego or we have to kind of show ourselves as some mightier than thou individual and not show our weaknesses. 
how would you, I mean, yeah, what would you recommend to people? Because it like, at some like sense, it's kind of like, well, you kind of just got to do it and you kind of just got to overcome it. But how do you make that first step and specifically talking to handyman, right? That are out, we're out all day by ourselves, working on the houses by ourselves. We're, we're in our own mind throughout the whole day. Like, and oftentimes we are our own worst critic and our own worst <laughs> enemy. And then, um, you know, we, we might come home and, you know, maybe, maybe things that at home aren't, you know, the best place to share things, right. Because they don't fully understand what we're going with. And so what would, what would you recommend? Do you have any kind of recommendations for people or, or help that? Yeah. Um, excuse me. Yeah. Um, and I don't want, I don't want this to sound discouraging to people, but you know, there it's like sometimes things it's like uh, i can't remember where i heard this but it's like sometimes the pain of the pain of changing has to the pain of not changing has to become greater than the pain of changing um and in a way i feel like i kind of went through that but mm-hmm. it's like i still kind of i acknowledged like several years ago you know str- struggling with depression i like paying attention to yourself and checking in with yourself and knowing how you're feeling and thinking about like, why, why did I behave that way? Or why do I think this way? Um, I think it like self-awareness. I say this a lot is like, that's the first step to change is being self-aware. Um, and once you can be self-aware and once you can acknowledge to yourself that maybe you're struggling with something, it might be hard to take the next step and start talking and being open about it but it once you are self-aware and you acknowledge and admit to yourself that maybe you've you've got something going on that you need some help with then that kind of opens you up to to be able to start checking in with other people and you know for me like one of the first things I did years ago was I was like okay I'm struggling emotionally I need some help I don't really know who to turn to you know, talking to friends and family can be helpful, but um, ultimately I was like, I'm going to go see a therapist. And the first one I saw was, was terrible. Like it was a bad experience, but at least I had somebody who I was talking to and I wasn't burdening a friend or family member with just listening to me complain about my problems, which really, you know, that's helpful to some extent, but they're not professionals. They don't know how to help you. They'll give you advice. Um, but so I did that and then, you know, didn't, that wasn't a great experience. Um, several years later, I got into kind of another place where I was like, man, like something's got to change. Like this, like life is just not fun. So I tried another therapist who actually was really good and she really helped me through a lot of stuff. And um, that I just, I learned a lot about myself I still didn't, you know, completely feel like I figured it all out. I did for a few months and I, I, she kind of changed her business. I stopped seeing her um, and went for a long time again without really talking to anybody and kind of, you know, wrestling with, uh, with alcohol abuse. Um, And it's just, it's been, it's, it's a bumpy road. Um, But, you know, start by, by being self-aware and checking in with yourself don't be afraid to ask for help and kind of stick with it because, you know, I, I think 
anybody anybody's similar story that I've heard. There are ups and downs, and you. And a book that really helped me a lot that I really like to recommend is The Four Agreements. Um, it's it's really short and simple, but it has so much wisdom. And I think about it all the time. And one of the agreements is do the best you can. And so, you know, if you realize if you're if you're having struggles, there, there there's a very high likelihood that there's going to be ups and downs. But keep doing the best you can and keep moving forward and um you know you, you'll get there and i you know i'm i'm in a really good place right now and uh hopefully i can maintain that for the long term um you know who knows it but each time you kind of work on these things it you learn more you get better at it and uh and you just keep pushing forward so yeah mm-hmm. and I, I definitely I love yeah. i appreciate you sharing all this travis and i, I just want to you know like I'm really big on this as well. I mean, a lot of people don't know this about me, but uh, for five, six years of my life, I was high every single day, drunk every night. Um, and the best case scenario when you're when you're dealing with that kind of stuff is you're just going to be coasting. That's the best case. Mm-hmm. You know, the worst case, the more realistic is you're on this slow downhill slope or and then you get steep slopes. Um, and it's just so it's so variable. There's no predictability with your emotion. Uh, with meeting your goals, like you're just coasting by um, and it's a sad way to live. Um, And so I've been there. And so I'm glad that this uh, conversation went this route because I'd certainly encourage anyone that, uh, like you said, self-awareness is the first piece, Um, just being real with yourself. um, And then also giving yourself grace that it does take time. Um, it takes uh, effort. It takes change. For me, I had to move. I had to move across the country. <laughs> uh, you know, I had to, uh, um, you know, meet my now wife who brought me to a, a way better place in life. So it took a lot of support. It took total change of life. Um, and so, um, anyway, I, I really appreciate you sharing that because as entrepreneurs, you cannot, you can't grow and meet these bigger goals that you have without um, dealing with that and putting a plan into place, giving yourself grace as you go about that plan and surrounding yourself with people, with hobbies, um, with things that are actually contributing real lasting joy. So um, anyway, man, thanks mm-hmm. so much for for sharing that. I'm, I'm a huge, uh, I've been there <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's it's just absolutely critical to overcome if you want to be something that great, uh, that that meet that goal that you have, that you know you know, this whole time you're like, I know I'm better than this. What the heck? Like, I know I have these <laughs> dreams and these goals. Like I, and you, you, you know what the problem is and it's just a matter of courage to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. That's, that's huge. And, you know, I've, I've had likewise similar issues with depression and addiction and things like that throughout my life. And I think, you know, the, the key thing here is business growth follows personal growth, you know? And so we might be chatting here and people might be like, well, what does this have to do with the handyman business? You know, and it, it has everything to do with it because business growth follows personal growth. If you're not getting better as a person, then there's no way that you're going to get better as a business and grow your business. And a few things that I've learned throughout the last few years is self-awareness, I think is huge. Like, like you said it, Travis, and I wanted to kind of define and give y'all, whoever's listening here, a little exercise of self-awareness, right? Is whenever you're struggling, whenever you're feeling down, whenever you're feeling um, maybe triggered or something like that, you can ask yourself three questions. And these help you in the realm of mindfulness is what and why am I feeling? Like actually, like you said, be real with yourself. What am I feeling and why am I feeling it? 
uh, where am I at? Simply just where are you at? Well, I'm at the grocery store or I'm at someone's house or blah, blah, blah. Really, you know, look at your surroundings. And then the last one is what can you control? And I think this really gets down to the root of most um, most coping mechanisms, because most of the time we're trying to uh, help ourselves or control our situation or control the way we're feeling with a coping mechanism. And at the end of the day, this question really helps you understand that you really can't control a whole lot other than how you respond to situations. So sometimes you might just need to leave a situation, right? Because that's really all you can control. You can't control anyone else. You can't control outcomes. You can't control what happens to you. Um, that exercise has just really been helpful for me to be mindful and continue kind of going through life and trying to be, you know, the, the best, most optimistic person I can, because most people see me and they're like, wow, you must be optimistic all the time. And that, that's not the case, you know? Um, and then another huge thing, you know, that I think has been a pivotal thing in my life is I want to, I want to publicly say this to all the men out there. There's a group called F3, and F3 is a men's workout group. It's a national group. Uh, well, more than national, it's world, worldwide. They got them in Kenya, you know, for every, everything you need. So uh, F3 is absolutely huge. It's it's a men's workout group, but they focus on more than working out. It's a fellowship group. And so there's what I've experienced. I've been in it for over a year now, and there's guys in there that literally share their heart with each other. So if you're struggling with something and you don't know who to talk to, get involved in some group like this. And uh, yeah, you you get to go out, you get a good workout in the morning. Um, you get to you know work hard with some guys, push each other, but you also get to share life's vulnerable moments with other men. And that's what we need, right? Uh, we need to break down this thought that men always need to have it together because at the end of the day, we don't. And it's okay to not have it together, you know? Um, and again, business growth follows personal growth. So that's kind of what I got to say on that. But um, thanks for sharing that, Travis. That's that's so huge. Yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, it's it's been a big kind of realization for me and just uh, just really helpful. So I, ho I hope uh, other people listening can kind of, you know, maybe they'll they'll get some insights that can help them from that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 100% man. Um so I guess to start closing closing out here we just have a few minutes left. Um I, I guess I'd love to hear two questions, uh two answers. Two answers. Uh we're the teachers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's no right or wrong answers here. Um first one is it just I'll just pick you back both of them. First one is like biggest wins and then losses uh that you've experienced on your handyman journey in your business. Um and then Second to that would be like, what parting advice would you have to a prospective handyman business owner or someone who's rather new and still trying to figure a lot of things out? Um, if you could just kind of part impart us uh, with that, Travis. Okay, um, I'm going to do the losses first, so that we the positives come come after. Um, <laughs> losses was uh, like not not taking um, marketing seriously. Um, you know, thinking like, oh, I don't, I don't need to do. Everybody's saying you need to, you know, do these things to market yourself, and kind of like, oh, I'm gonna go my own way and just go straight to like word of mouth. Um, that kind of, I feel like that set me back. Um, you know, I think that word of mouth is great, and it would be great if you don't have to spend a bunch of time on marketing. But at least for me, um, I really should have been 
putting more effort into that earlier on. And I think I, you know, could, could potentially be in a much better place now than, than I am, which is not a bad place, but um, yeah, I kind I wish I would have taken that a little more seriously early on. Um, and then not starting earlier and letting my fear hold me back. You know, like I think I mentioned earlier that I, you know, my journey to, to this place was like decades of thinking, oh, I want my own business, but I'm <laughs> afraid that maybe I'm not cut out to run a business. Um, I'm afraid that, you know, back when I started thinking about it, I was thinking like, well, if I could make like 25 bucks an hour, like that would, that would be a good income for me as a, but, but who is anybody going to pay that much? You know, and this was like, you know, 30 years ago or whatever. So mm -hmm. maybe back then it would have been, uh, you know, good, but I didn't, I also didn't have like the resources that we have now to help me figure that out. So I just spent all this time kind of being fearful of really going after what I, I knew in my gut that I wanted, but would kind of convince myself otherwise and talk myself out of like, no, you need to go get a stable government job. And, you know, uh, like, I, I just wish I would have started way sooner. And I wish I would have really worked to overcome those fears a lot earlier. So, and that gets easier as you overcome one fear, the next one's a little easier and a little easier. Um, so um, big, big wins, um, you know, on the flip side, getting started. Um, it's it's like and, and there's I have this philosophy of like there are no wrong decisions. Um you make a decision and then you correct course as you go mm -hmm. along. Um so mm -hmm. you know, get started, whatever that means. If that's part-time, get started and then grow and learn as you go and and you know, you'll figure it out. Um and if something's not working or if you decide this isn't your the business for you you can go a different direction, but you will learn things along the way. Just from getting started, you're going to learn things. You're going to build skills that even if, you know, a handyman business isn't what you ultimately stay with, you'll take those skills and what you've learned about yourself and you're going to be able to apply those to something else. Um, so get started, um, connect with people. Um, that's been huge. And I'm, you know, really trying to lean into that more and more, um, you know, both personal and, and in business. Um, and then like we say, you know, Alan says it all the time, know your numbers. Um, and you know, when you know, when you have that knowledge, it just makes you, you can, you know, your numbers, you know, which way you need to go and you know where the problems are and where the good things are. And, uh, so, you know, that's, that's, that's really huge. Um, yeah. Um, love it. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Travis. Uh, this has been a fantastic podcast. I think you, you've given us a lot of great information. Thank you for, uh, you know, allowing us time to jump into your business and hear a little bit about your story and sharing some some intimate moments with us. We really appreciate you being here. Uh, I want to thank you all, all the listeners for listening today. Uh, we we couldn't do it without you. I mean, without it, without you guys, we would just be three weird guys talking to a camera. So <laughs> thanks for being here. We appreciate it. I, I want to give a highlight and a shout out to my good friend, my co-host, Jason Call. Um, he's absolutely fantastic. If you need anything 
that has to do with marketing, whether that be a website, SEO, anything like that, reach out to Jason at handymanmarketingpros.com. Not only will he take care of your marketing needs, but he'll honestly treat you like a human, which is fantastic. A lot of people don't do that. He really cares for his clients. And uh, I really appreciate you, Jason, for being my friend, being my co-host here at the podcast. Um, and also, uh, you can reach out to me at handymanjourney.com. I would absolutely love to chat with you anytime about handyman-related issues. You can set up a free call with me or Jason at our respective websites. Um, and uh, we launch these podcasts once a month. So uh, tune back here next month on the 1st and uh, catch your next uh, podcast episode. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Like and subscribe to this video if you're watching it on YouTube. Uh, also leave us a comment that helps with the Google algorithm and all that fancy stuff. So thank you guys so much and we'll catch you on the next one.